everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. Welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, as usual, a lot to talk about today. So uh, a let's, lot. let's jump right into it. We got a lot of plays in. Yes, we did. Kaz and I had a uh, date night last week <laughs> where uh, we, we got together and we played uh, some games. We played quite a few games. Uh, so most of them, uh, one of them for the first time, for two of them for the first time for me, and three of them for the first time for Kaz. So we're going to kind of dig yeah. into those. Um, the first one we played was uh, Holmes, Sherlock and Mycroft, which was on my uh, top list, uh, top 10 list of two-player games. So I've enjoyed it for a long time. It's a big favorite of my wife and I's. And um, what did you think? I really, really liked it. I thought it was great. I This is a game that I've you know, heard mentioned. We've talked about it in the past on the show. Um, I've heard mention of it before and outside of the show. And uh, yeah, after playing it, I, I'm so glad I did. <laughs> this is a game that I, I might go pick up because I could see my wife really liking it. And man, it just, it's well designed. It's very, it's very, um, it's a very satisfying game. It plays really well. It, I like how they use the the Holmes theme. It's still, it you know, the theme is light in implementation, but it definitely feels appropriate to Holmes and Mycroft, where you are encountering these um, 1800s era people uh, in in the course of your events, and they you know so, so, sort of can get the feeling of like you're interviewing them, and they're also giving you information in the way of giving you an action to do some right. way to further your investigations. Um, so yeah, I really like the interplay. It's it's quite a good game. It was really fun. Yeah, it's the first play game I've ever seen uh, specifically designed because it's a two player only game, and its pri- primary mechanism is worker placement. And you don't normally see a lot of worker placement games work that well with two players, much less be designed specifically for two players. So yeah. the way they kind of scaled that down and made it really work, uh, I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it's got um, real variable um, spots. There's going to be one card that's uh, one action that's never going to be used in a game. Uh, so uh, they're going to come out in different order every time. the uh, The actions they they come out. The spaces come out uh, each day. So at first you only have a couple options, and then you have another one, and then another one, and uh, and some of them actually take into account what day they were brought out so um, if it's on this particular day you get this much money if it's this particular day you don't get as much Uh, so that it does vary gameplay some cards are very powerful early on some yeah uh, get are very powerful at the end game when you can afford them so uh, and then the way they they do the scoring I really really like so yeah I feel like we played um, some of the one of the best versions of that like uh the player that like some of the characters came out at the perfect time for that yeah. character and so it was really fun to experience that i can see how a couple of them not fall flat but don't um don't feel as useful which is fine there's a lot to do in this game but that sense of like it's an engine builder in a way except it's a communal options with this one engine and something might come out early that really needs to come out early because if it can, comes out late it's kind of useless or, or really not an option but what really makes it interesting that you still might do something that is not an ideal action is the fact that you cannot you have these three meeples to place and you cannot replace on one that you're currently occupying so each turn um is it three or is it four no it's three it's right three, yeah yep. uh on each turn you have to choose a totally new set of actions you can't just keep firing off the same action again and again and again so that created a really fun decisions to make throughout the course of each turn where you're like okay i know i need to go back to that (laughs) so how do i rearrange where on this turn to do that and then that and then come back to that because that's a really good one that i need to keep hitting well and you and you can reuse certain ones that you want to by making sure that your your placement is in the right order so you're taking one off of that early leaving it open and then one of your later workers can go can go there and take it whereas if you had done it in the opposite order you wouldn't be able to place it so there is a little bit of thinkiness in it but uh overall i think it's a pretty light game i think anybody should be able to understand it get into it and, yeah um, plays pretty quick yeah yeah, yeah definitely cool it, I, it does not feel like it's too it honestly feels like um it's not designed for this but i, I just i had to double check that it was two player that i was remembering that correctly because it feels like 
you could just incorporate someone else into the game, but it does work really well as a two-player. Sherlock only has the one brother. So. <laughs> That's true. When Watson is nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, really great game. Highly recommend you guys check it out. It's uh, Holmes and Minecraft. Yes. Or Holmes. Sherlock and Minecraft. Holmes. Sorry. Sherlock and Minecraft. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the one confusing thing. I guess because uh, it should be Holmeses. There should be a plural on there, shouldn't right. there? The Holmes boys. The Holmes boys. Yeah. Sherlock and Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes me like it a little bit better. Yes. But anyway. They're like the Dukes of Hazard from like 1800s England. That would be pretty sweet. All right. What do you got next? Um. <coughs> Next, we played, uh, let's see, which one I'm going to do. Uh, we played a game that I brought called uh, uh, Tales and Games, the Tortoise, the Hare and the Tortoise. This is a game that I got uh, for my birthday for my buddy Alex. And uh, this is a game that Alex and I have talked about uh, a lot. He really likes this game. So this is from a series of games called the Tales and Games series. And there are, I think, at least five of them. I'm not sure if there's more than that. But the Hare and the Tortoise is regarded as kind of the best of the bunch. Uh, not to say the others are bad, but this one just seems to be have captured the fancy of gamers. So what this is is a racing game. And all of these games are fairly straightforward. They're designed to be played with families or kids. But this one specifically, I, I think, is really fun for adults. So the premise is, is that the uh, the hare and the tortoise are going to redo their race just to determine once and for all who's the fastest. And this time, several other woodland creatures are going to get in on it because they decided that they should have a place at the starting line. To, uh, who, yeah, like who are the hare and the tortoise? Who do they think they are that they are the fastest? Of course, we're faster. So they're going to jump in as well. So you have three other characters that are going to be running. And then um, the game takes place over a series of rounds where players play cards which will determine which animal at the end of the round moves forward in what way and they each have a slightly different way that they move but it's quite it's fun how appropriate they are to the character like the tortoise always moves he just sort of slowly plods through the race you can speed him up by playing his cards but then the hare will move very fast but if he gets ahead he will fall asleep he'll take a nap and so it's a really fun management system of the way these animals move and how they're going to move in each round and then how you want them to move because you also are betting on two of them to either win secretly yeah, betting. secretly betting to win uh, one of the three uh, places on the podium so first second or third and you get points based on what podium spot they have so you're manipulating the other player the other characters to maybe not win or fade back but also trying to keep it a little secret on who you want to win yourself um and uh, anyway, so it's this jockeying for position and also this hidden agenda part of the game, which makes it quite interesting. Uh, and then uh, tied that in with, with, the, with the player abilities and how they progress. It, it's a really fun, simple little racing game. It's over fairly quickly, but uh, it's fairly entertaining. I uh, am not always a huge fan of racing games, but I... You are too, and you know it. <laughs> well, some <laughs> racing games, some really fall flat for me. But uh, but anyway, this game just uh, th- just did a great job of, of having a clever series of mechanisms that tie in together, and uh, I just like the theme too. The theme's just sort of silly and fun, and, and uh, the, the art is also very reflective of that. So what did you think of it? I really, really enjoyed it. When, when you pulled it out... Uh, all I was thinking in my head is, oh my god, <laughs> Re- really? Oh, okay. All right, we're just gonna get through this real quick. I'm gonna say I like it, and then we're gonna get on to the next thing. Because not only does he pull out this game, that really does look like a kids game. It does, but yeah. it's a racing game, which, um, contrary to uh, to Kaz, I really don't care much for racing games. Typically, <laughs> um, there there are a few, uh, and one that I hope to be convinced of at some point um but there's a few i i like but uh this is uh, i don't know i i I was thinking okay we're about to play Candyland, um the the slightly more (laughs) grown-up version creature version yeah Yeah, um so but as he's explaining it and i'm like oh okay well all right that's this makes sense this let's see how it goes and it was actually super, super fun. I really enjoyed it. It was very dynamic. Um, the choices that you make actually seem to matter. Um, the way that you have to manage your hand to play some things that you may not necessarily want to, but you have to get out of your hand. So you, somebody that you haven't bet on, you're kind of helping out a little bit. 
and maybe that's somebody else's character, but maybe it's not. So maybe they're yeah. not gonna, you know, you're not helping them out too much. So uh, there's a lot of really cool dynamic mechanisms in this game that I, I thought were were really really neat, and uh, I totally judged this book by its cover, and um, <laughs> which is kind of the reason for covers, if we're being honest. It but, literally is shaped like a book too. The boxes yeah, are is. designed to sit in a bookshelf and look like a big fat book. Yes, so it looked like the kids' version of Biblios, <laughs> <It really did, laughs> which is yeah. also shaped like a book. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was very very pleasantly surprised. I would absolutely play this again. Um, I think it would be neat to play with more players. Um, does it play with more players? It plays five, up to five. Okay, yeah. Good. That's one of the reasons <laughs> I was, like, why I I was about to say, well designed, yeah. I'm excited to play with more players unless <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> play with more players. Um, but no, I thought it was really, really neat. Um, it took me uh, a few hands to kind of really figure out where the, the strategy points were, but um, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Good call on that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I was thinking about that too because I feel like it's rated as seven plus this like i said this whole series by the way it's from me yellow this whole series is for kind of kids and family theme like they're all like um story theme there's one i think uh aladdin um there's the baba yaga one um uh, but this one i don't know that i think it is so fun because the the strategy there really is some strategy here and i play a lot of games with my six-year-old i haven't played them this with him but i don't know if this would be a little too involved like i feel like you really do have to consider a lot like you're yeah you've got your hidden two animals but you're also trying to manipulate the field in some fairly clever ways they set up some options for yeah, you to and do each, that and, and each animal moves differently based on the number of cards you put out so that yeah, maybe, so you have to understand that yeah maybe um, another year or two yeah probably i, I think uh, uh like we'll probably try to maybe house rule it in, in a way because he'll just like to play it but um, but yeah, the, the other thing that's kind of cool is it did include, now that I'm thinking about it, it did include a, a very base set of rules, which is basically like speed, whatever animal you want through to win. And that's, you know, you just, he's your guy. Um, so we'll probably play that way, but there's a couple other ways too. There's the way that we played, which is the standard way. And there's also this way that has these chits that are like boosters, speed boosts. And whenever an animal runs over one, uh, that animal that is represented on the chit goes for two spaces, which... Turns into Mario Kart. Yeah, which just turned into Mario Kart. It's like, yeah, suddenly a speed boost. And I haven't played with it yet, but I'm kind of curious how that affects the game. Um, Because that really, like, you can see what's coming, so you can plan around it. But I'm not sure if it'd be too much of a a random variable. um, Because there's not that many spots to begin with. Right. So two two is pretty big. 12 spaces, I think, like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, it, this is a great game. I really would recommend this if you've ever looked at any of the yellow um, games and or what's it called? Uh, Stories and Tales series. I would highly recommend this one. And if you're just a fan of unique takes on racing, this is a this is a great one. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And that's the uh, the hare and the tortoise. Um, okay. So the next two, um, one of them went over really well. One <laughs> went over not quite as well but there might be hope for it yeah we'll see um i'm gonna go over the one that went over really well because i like i like good news <laughs> kaz is just always so negative about That's everything right. such a downer <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um so uh i brought a game of mine called overbooked and basically what you do is you are a an airline and you are trying to seat customers uh or passengers, I guess, would be the better term for that, since we're in the airline industry. I'm not, but <laughs> technically we are now. Hope to be someday. Um, well, right. I don't know why. No, yeah, I don't either. Um, <laughs> so uh, you're you're drawing cards that have like grids on them with certain uh, passengers sitting in certain places, and so you can uh, you have to make the card match your seat. I'm not doing a very good job at this, but it's kind of. <laughs> Take some, well, what do you some start Tetris with? You start orientation. With a, uh, you start with your own plane or airline. Yes, and with just a whole bunch of seats. You're just trying to seat one flight. So you see you have like the middle yeah. row of like five across, and then each side row is like three across. And I can't remember how deep they are, but they're like, what, ten, nine, nine long? But anyway, this, this set of seats. Right. And so you, you have a bunch of blank seats. And then you have all these, uh, these little tiny colored circles that uh, are their tokens, and they're in a... Uh, a pile and each color represents a different type of um, a passenger 
and they kind of score differently. Like the red ones are couples. So couples score points by sitting together, but not with other couples. If another couple, if a third or a fourth or a fifth or what have you touches a couple, then they don't like it and yeah. they score no points. Um, unaccompanied minors are white, so they have to be surrounded by non-child pieces, so by other adults. Once they're surrounded uh, orthogonally by other adults, then they are happy and they get three points. Um, other groups like the blues and the greens and the yellows, they are... Um, they all like to be seated together. So the more of them in a group, uh, the better, and the more you could potentially score with that. Anytime, um, and the cards have to be, in, in sort of a Tetris way, they have to be played um, when you take it. So if you have to overlay, somebody replace a passenger with another passenger from your card that passenger gets pulled off and put in a section called the overbooked section and you lose points for overbooked passengers and you will have to overbook some passengers because there's just it's such a puzzly fun game yeah. um i really enjoy it it's um it's a little mathy um maybe mathy isn't the word but it's 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 pretty analytical um, so it can take a little time to really, you know, position and see exactly where you want to go. So the turns can take a little longer than, uh, you'd, you'd like. However, typically you can move on to the next, like while somebody's still trying to figure out where to place, the next person can take their card and start figuring out where they're going. Yeah. So there's not like a, you have to see the status of the board before you can start your turn. Once they take a card and it gets replaced in the marketplace, um, you can pick your card and go. So there, there is some mitigation in that that AP or the um, the the length of turns. So I like that a lot. Um, but it's it's thinky without being like 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 without feeling abstract. It it is in its nature. It's an abstract game, right? Uh, but it doesn't feel super duper abstract. It doesn't feel like you're playing, you know, Othello or yeah. something, uh, or chess or checkers. It it actually feels like you are, you know, trying to position these passengers on your your airline flight. So um, I thought it was really really fun. Uh, I had only played um, a couple times before with my wife Kirsten. Uh, and this was, uh, we played with the advanced rules, which actually make the game a little easier. <laughs> Quote unquote advanced yeah, rules. Yes. We're Air, like, why would you not play with these rules? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, we're definitely, Kirst and I are going to definitely play with them moving forward. But, um, Kes and I had a good time. Uh, he seemed to enjoy it. I definitely, the more I play it, the more I really, really like it. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of addicting and and i definitely recommend it and that's overbooked what did you yeah, think i love this game i think this was the best game of the night it was so fun well kind of going back to the what you're talking about about it really does draw you in i think it's this is an example of amazing choices in art design because it is an abstract placement the, to the tokens of the passengers are just colors they're very nicely colored bright and individual you understand what they are very clearly but there is art on your game board and art within the game that does bring it to life. It really does feel that you are you are an airline representative or whoever would be doing this, but you are just arranging people. You don't need to see the people. You just need to know what they need. And so you know by the color, okay, these couples want to be here. And I really love the fact that the couples hate being near other couples. That's so true. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially on an airline next to two young people who are just making out. You're like, oh, look at these bozos. I Damn know, it. They're ruining gone. my trip to, <laughs> to Europe or wherever we're going for some reason. But uh, but I love the fact that these are uh, there really are some uh, accurate... Uh, design elements that sort of bring it to life like the the kids you can imagine these these uh what, what do they call it? it's like the unaccompanied minors these unaccompanied minors so there's all these sort of derelict parents that are just sending their kids right? on these flights willy-nilly and this airline is not only they're not only babies they're just unaccompanied children that they have to suddenly be put in the uh, surrounded by adults so they don't just run around the plane uh, that's a hilarious uh, scenario yeah because um, they don't have to be surrounded by like anyone in particular yeah, just non-children non 
every adult's a responsible adult. Yeah. You sit two children next to each other, they do not score. So but apparently also, that's really bad. But I also love that one of the solutions is, okay, well, we don't want to surround with adults. What if we cram them against a window and then surround that with adults? Yes, <laughs> windows count as adults. wedge them against the aisle or the window as well, which is really funny. And then the other characters are, it's like a rugby team or yeah. blue, Blue's elderly people are team. green. Uh, or yellow. Ye- yellow is uh, friends. Friends. Just, just, okay. friends. So just friends. And uh, green are old people. Yeah. It's just great, it's great to envision you trying to arrange those people those people together so you have these growing group of just old people in a corner of the plane. <laughs> it's just a hilarious image. So you don't need to see those. There is a redesign of this game where they added way more art. And I think it's just so distracting. It Bill has, you have the original Kickstarter version, right? Is yes, that what it is? I have the yeah. original Kickstarter version. It's by Random Skill Games. Uh, and it is much more bare bones. The other one, the newer one, is a remake by Jumbo Games. And yeah, instead of having the round uh, wooden tokens, they actually have printed... Um, printed up tokens with the uh, much larger passengers yeah. yeah much larger with the passengers on them they have like this whole center board that's the marketplace uh instead of just placing the cards out they have this whole board you can put them on and it's like an airport and they have like this this airport tower that's supposed to be like the first player marker or something and it's just massively overproduced and i i agree in looking at both i'm glad i got the one that i did and I got it on purpose because the other one's just, it is very, very, very busy. distracting. Very busy, yeah. And the cards don't, um, I'm colorblind, so I have enough trouble as it is uh, with, I can kind of differentiate most of them except for the red green. But in looking at even like the, the children or the, you know, and anyone else, I can't, I had a tough time with the color scheme on the jumbo version because they were more interested, it seemed like, in putting, um, the, a picture of who the passenger was than making sure that, you know, the whole thing was a consistent blue or a consistent right. white or a consistent red or what have you. So, um, so yeah, totally up to you. If you really want to jump into the theme and you don't think it'll be as distracting, look it up on, um, on board game geek. The, the first one that comes up is the jumbo version. Yeah. Um, but if you kind of look through pictures, you'll, you'll definitely start to see the difference between the two. Um, I'm I'm all for the random skill version. Uh, it is a little more abstracted looking, but uh, I think it it's very clean though. It's, yeah, it's very very it's a clean. Very good and I design. enjoyed it a lot. I, and yeah. I kind of wonder if that's one of the reasons why they did the the art redesign. I mean, it might have been just for other reasons because it switched publishers, but. Um, uh, you kind of wonder if there might have been complaints, or they were wondering if it wasn't because this. I believe everyone should try. This is a great game. You guys should, de- or people should definitely try this. This is a really, really well designed game, and I thought it was quite fun. But I kind of wonder if it felt a little too abstract for people, and they just didn't see it. And so adding more art was the solution. But I definitely think they maybe added a little too much, at least for our taste. I think there are a lot of people who who like the art because it does sort of bring that to life a bit more in in some mm. ways. But um, I think the either version is probably going to be fine. But just the the clean design to me, at least, is a really great example of a combination of a, an abstract gameplay that doesn't have a lot of distracting things in it, so you can really focus on it. But enough art and enough design elements that really keep you in the world, that are reminding you of the world. Yeah, it doesn't you still feel on abstract. Yeah. So yeah, I really really loved the design, and just the gameplay was was quite fun. Um, yeah, just the uh, the power and abilities. What Bill was talking about before the advanced rules, they they give you these abilities to do, which allow you to sort of tweak your placing of passengers, so you don't have to overbook people more more frequently. I don't know why that's not just standard rule. That should be because it makes your planning of these sort of Tetrisy like placement tiles uh, much more functional. <laughs> or you can also collect some of them to, that are harder to place for straight up victory points uh, if you want that challenge. So it kind of added a really fun dynamic element to the game that I, I definitely think is necessary to, to the full out fleshed play. But yeah, Overbooked is great. I really recommend anybody go check this out. It's it's quite a fun game and quite a unique, really unique theme too. I, yeah, I, I agree. Who would have thought that would have been fun? <laughs> right? Seating people in an airline. Yeah. All right. So, um, so then the last one here, I did... Neither yes. one of us had ever played before. I own. Um, I bought it because it was like, I don't know, $5 on cool stuff like two years ago or something. I don't even know why I bought it. But 
Um, it's called Skyliners. Not City Skylines, which not, just came out, which is yes, not very City similar Skylines, but cover and slightly similar name. Called Skyliners. It's an older game. Um, I say older, but probably four or five years old. <laughs> um, and it does uh, it does some really neat things, and I think it has a lot of potential. Um, maybe it was just because we were only playing with two of us. Yeah, it didn't uh, really felt. really blossom, but it has to do with placing um, these three D tower pieces. But it's uh, it takes into account your uh, your line of sight. So from your perspective, how many buildings can you see down the row? And then other people can build to kind of block you out so that you can't see as many. And then but they can see what they want to see, and then you are also secretly putting down these cards to try and score points based on how many buildings you think you'll see in each row at the end of the game. And um, it, the, I love the concept. Yeah. Like, in, in looking at this, this should have really been great. Um, I, I will definitely... Uh, I'm open to trying this again with four players uh, just to sort of see how everyone interacts with each other. Because, you know, to kind of, for you to see three buildings on your side, you have to make it so the other side can max see two. Right. But if they want to see three or four, then they're going to be placing to kind of fight against you. But at the same time, you have five different columns to take care of. So it's, I, I'm really excited to see what, uh, where that, that, that whole interaction comes into play. But, um, with two, it, it definitely fell flat for me. Yeah, I felt the same way. It it uh, it seems like it's a game that's, you know, every once in a while, we've talked about this before as well, where you, f- you feel a game is sort of designed for a certain player count. And this definitely felt it was designed yeah. for the full complement of four um, because it just it just was too simplistic. It felt like things, the board isn't limited within two. And so it just feels like you have a lot you can do and also very clear things you should do within two it's like oh you're gonna put one there well i see that you're probably gonna do that so i guess i'll block you and and then it's just you so it's not like there's any other repercussions there of of trying to affect someone other one specific other player that's of course what you should be doing and so it's just a little too clear um your direction so i agree the uh it also felt like like I, I don't think they ever did any expansions of this, but it also felt like there was just some, and maybe this is the design, some missing elements or opportunities to uh, complicate gameplay a little bit more. I mean, this game is listed at 8+, plus, so it definitely seems like it's for families, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but it felt like you could introduce maybe one or two other elements here to make it a little bit more dynamic, uh, more things to consider and think about. You have a couple, like you're sort of... Um, projecting what you're going to end up with for scoring so i'm going to be able to see these many buildings in this row okay i'm going to i'm going to commit to that and put this committing card uh in the pile so at the end of the game if i accomplish that i will get those points cool that's cool i really like that but then um especially with two maybe it's just with two is, is why i'm feeling this but with two it just sort of felt too too one note in a way yeah and and that memory element where i kind of ran into trouble Trying right. to remember yeah. how many buildings I, I thought I would see. And you can't go back in after you've played the card. So you kind of... But you have to get the cards in early because if somebody runs out of pieces and you haven't you know, placed all your cards, mm-hmm. you'd lose out on those scoring opportunities. So um, there's that memory element. My memory is not phenomenal to begin with. Um, but I think you mentioned, that, mentioned it best when you said uh, that this, this game could really benefit from some house rules. Yeah, I and feel I, like it, yeah. I I do feel like you could make this into a better game. Like it Great. is seventy yep. percent of a great game, but you really have to make that remaining thirty percent actually at least playable. Yeah, so the base system is really interesting, and it does have some good ideas. But yeah, it just it sort of feels like a game that was it, it's straddling a line. Like it's either a straight up game for kids. Or it's a game that adults can enjoy as well, and and it just felt a little too simplistic to be really enjoyable as an adult game. And maybe it changes it for perhaps, but yeah, it definitely felt like you could 
It's super unique. It's super unique. I've never seen any other game yeah. use line of sight in this particular way. So I mean, that's when when you talk about oh, there's nothing new in games. This is new and different and exciting. Um, they just I I think the execution just wasn't quite where it should have been. Yeah, and yeah. that is Skyliners. Skyliners, but uh, let us know what you guys think because we'd really like to know if there's someone who has made some house rules, or if there's someone who just loves this game and maybe or we're anyone something. who's ever heard of it, or anyone who's <laughs> ever heard of it. Yeah, maybe someone else <laughs> saw the same sale. Okay, so um, that those were the games that we played, and uh, those are the games that we've played. Yes, and we are going <laughs> like a soap opera yes. title. The games the we games played. that we've played. Um, that should be our next podcast, the games we play. Um, it's just a dramatization of right, <laughs> board <us> games. playing. <laughs> just like mad at each other, really sad. Um, okay, a lot so of organ music. Yeah, we anyway. are. Um, last week we talked about mechanisms that, uh, if we heard that a new game incorporated these, uh, that we would learn more about the game and get excited to give that game a try. Um, so those were mechanisms that turned us on. Uh, this week is mechanisms that turn us off. <laughs> um, so this is a list of mechanisms that if I am browsing Kickstarter and I see that uh, any of these are featured prominently, I am much more likely to just hit the next button and pass this on by. Um, these are, as, as long as I've been in this hobby now and as many games as I've played, I, I have a pretty good idea of what types of games I don't like. And uh, these are the primary ones uh, for that. Now, I purposely left out two uh, because they were so obvious for me, um, but I think... Uh, Kaz I put is them in. going to, to have these on his list because <laughs> you guys he, might be able to guess what these are. He has a lot fewer uh, mechanisms that he Found just this so hard to just do. totally turns them off. I have a I had a huge list. <laughs> I had to pare it down from like twelve. Um, so I did not include uh, these two. And as he mentions them, I'll include. I'll, I'll tell you um, that it should be on my list because they're my big two. Uh, but I wanted to talk about some other ones because they were just kind of too, um, too obvious for me because I rail against them constantly. So um, I have a question for you. So on sure. this list, I, th- I think I was kind of thinking of it as like these are the primary mechanisms of a game. They aren't like necessarily just sort of included. It's like if the game sort of focuses on these or are these – how is your list made? Or is it if these are incorporated that it's sort of like, oh, that kind of – kind of diminishes the possibilities for me yeah, um most of mine are uh, well all of mine are kind of main mechanisms yeah so okay. uh but That's what I was thinking. but realistically if if they're even like oh this has a little bit of such and such right. i probably am gonna pass okay. on it still okay. just because it's not worth it to me these these elements aren't in my wheelhouse yeah okay well i'll start it off because i've got Probably the two, one of the two ones that anyone, some of our listeners can guess that we're going to include. And, of course, the first one is uh, Take That. Yes. Um, that was one of the ones that's not on my <laughs> list but is actually my least favorite game mechanism. We've railed against this uh, peer, uh, several times in the past. And um, I uh, certain Take That elements are fine. I think it's okay to have... Um, some take that in a game. However, there I think it's an easy mechanism to design a game around. And older games, a lot of older games and uh, quite older games, this is sort of the only thing they'd had <laughs> was just sort of abusing each other throughout the game until someone finally ends up on top. And thankfully, it's less and less. It's seen sort of seeing it less and less, or at least less prominently within games. I just feel like it's just it's just boring and kind of frustrating. And to be stymied for the sake of being stymied in uh, play is just kind of annoying. So yeah, a good game should have a satisfaction level to it that you want to engage with. And if it's just surviving to get through everyone else's sort of animosity or or aggression. That just doesn't seem fun, and it, it always seems frustrating to me. So a lot of times if I'll pick up a game, and it, I sort of understand, oh, okay, this is kind of based around Take That with a little bit of a spin on it. Most of the time I'm just going to – I'll probably not be that 
interested in playing it unless or like i won't go out of my way to play it if it comes up sure i'll try it but i'm not gonna be like oh i can't wait to get this to the table if it is prevalent enough that it mentions take that right uh i will it's not proud of it if it's proud of it it's an automatic <laughs> pass for me if it's a game that has i don't mind a game that has a few subtle take that points sure that can kind of help you out um or what have you, but there's so many games that are just like chock full of, you know, make a random player lose a turn, uh, steal someone's cards, uh, do this, do that, and you're just kind of undoing everything that um, they're building up to. Like, that's not fun. I like to build up to stuff, and I like to see that build up come to fruition, and I'm sure other people do too, and so I, I don't get pleasure when somebody does that to me and screws up all my plans oh well i've just wasted six turns because you took the one thing i needed and there aren't any more out there yeah um and i don't feel good about doing that to other people either because they're they're building up and wanting to accomplish something fun and i'm taking that away from them so yeah uh take take yeah i agree with you 100 percent. this is not my pick uh but <laughs> I'm, I'm making it my own <laughs> yeah so one more thing about take that is i think i think it's there are some games that do it well, and I think it's an easy design mechanism to f- to misdesign because it seems simple. You just do that, and then someone is affected negatively. However, when it's done well, it can actually actually be uh, well done, and I, or it can be well done when it's done well. Of course, it can. Hmm. But I think what tell it, me more, master. <laughs> tell me, expand on that. <laughs> um, I think what what it is though is that there's a certain magical balance of take that in a game if there's a logic to it and if the ability to use that mechanism is equal or at least equally available then that's awesome i think that that can be a really cool addition however if it's just for the sake of doing it for for a design decision that's like well we didn't know how else to even this out so we'll just put that in for whatever reason or if it's sometimes in games one person is just getting all of the opportunities to do the take that and that's just frustrating because now yeah. you just have a negative player and a and a not negative player i guess not necessarily positive but a progressing player and a regressing player and that's just frustrating because it just feels like you're being tied down to the game and that's just you can't do anything because there's this dude who for not his fault because maybe that's the strategy that is presenting itself to that person they're just going with it but it's just like well why is that how is this fun for either of us yeah and they can also lead to these these awful feedback loops where right you know oh skip a turn you and so you skip a turn so i draw another card and oh oh it's skip another turn or it's another take that like i steal your stuff and they're like well shit i can't play anything so i guess i'll just draw a card and then i play another skip your turn (laughs) or you know whatever and you're like well this is really stupid because I'm not even getting a chance to draw enough cards to to actually like take place in this whole take back right. thing. And so it's one person just abusing somebody. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That that sucks. Even when it's me abusing someone else, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll do it, it's but better. I won't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely better than being <laughs> abused, but still. Yeah, nobody, right. nobody wants that. Okay, All right. so we've beat that up. Um, take that, take that. My, uh, my next, my first one, um, is forgot that it wasn't on your list. Did you (laughs) real time (laughs) games? I don't historically love real time games. I I don't have great reflexes. Uh, (laughs) my, my brain doesn't seem to process things to my hands or what have you as quickly as it should. And I tend to find, uh, that in real-time games, I feel rushed and stressed out, and um, I, it's just something that if... It, it's not that I won't play a real-time game with somebody, but if I'm looking at a game and it says, you know, features prominently, oh, real-time game action, I, I'll probably just pass on it, if we're, if we're being honest. It's not something that uh, I'm very good at or that really excites me, and I have found that more often than not, uh, I just end up being frustrated with real-time games. Yeah, that's understandable. I think this is a, a hard one. These are always hard to get to the table anyway. I think that's a common um, choice for a lot of people uh, is just like, oh, that seems like a lot of pressure. <laughs> and, right. uh, and I don't know. I, I, I don't dislike these games, but I definitely am, after one play, I'm like, cool, that was fun. Let's play something else. You know, it, it feels like it's, uh, it is it is overwhelming for sure. 
in the amount of attention you have to focus. The, the tension of it is just so high. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, I'm thinking of a specifically like Fuse or um, what's the one uh, where there you're traveling through space. Uh, is that the captain is dead? Is that the one? Or, I'm, or no, I think it's... Um, anyway, anyway, many of these games are space related for yeah, some like reason. Five minute dungeon or five minute Marvel. Oh yeah, five, yeah. Like all of those, they all are that real yeah, time. Yeah, that real time, yeah. And I... I I don't know. I get so frenzied on those games. I can't. I, I agree. I feel, feel like, like I'm constantly behind. Or I feel making like wrong a lot decision. of them, there's, there's not a lot of game to them. I mean, some of them I think do it pretty well, but some of them I think there's not a lot of. I, I'd agree with you on like Five Minute Dungeon. I really don't like that game that much. I really like playing it with my kid because he gets a kick out of it and it's fun to play that way, but I definitely don't just grab it off the shelf. I think to, it's fun to play with a bunch of people who are just, you know, loud and, you know, it's. I don't know. I, 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 it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I typically don't. I, I won't rush to play. Uh, I also have game. a very distinct problem with spilling drinks into things. You and do. This just you heightens do. the possibility that that will definitely tenfold. happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? All right, my next one is my other obvious one, real quick, player elimination. So, yep, that was that. Um, this is a this is one that I just avoid. I just I find um, it, it, it this is one that also can be abused as a design element. It it makes sense within like the structure of a game like okay cool yeah we're doing this and this obviously the player would be eliminated because they couldn't uh rise to the occasion and then we'll just play out the game but it always just means that someone is sitting there potentially in some games for quite a while just watching you play the rest of this game out and twiddling their thumbs and a lot of times with player elimination most times it's going to come down to two people battling it out and that dual battle can take forever and that is just boring to watch that it depends on the scenario of course if you have a game group or you're out at a group and as you get knocked out you can go play something else cool but if you're just playing with a group of four or five friends and uh slowly everyone gets knocked out and then now it's watching uh, jim and karen fight out <laughs> their issues over uh this game for and they're both decently good at it it's gonna take a while this back and forth back and forth so I find them that just sort of frustrating, and there's few games that I think do it well that are quick enough that it's Love not an Letter issue. Love Letter does it well. Love Letter does it well. Um, Archer does it well. Uh, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Archer is Love Letter. Uh, what I was gonna say, I was gonna say Ku does it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think King of Tokyo is probably the limit of time of play that I want to do. I love King of Tokyo, and it does have player elimination, but it's over pretty quickly and. That I think is the maximum amount of gameplay time that I would. Yeah, and usually be okay people with. don't go out like right away. Too. Yes. So, um, and yeah. there's a management time there. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, you can maintain your position for a fair yeah. amount of time. Short, short playing games or games where you come back after the round or something like that. Um, it can be done, but yeah, it, typically if uh, what what a shitty deal, especially if you know you're just playing something for the first time, uh, and and you're like oh. Yep, you're dead. And you're, oh, 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 okay. Well, what, what now? <laughs> cool. No, now you just wait because that's going to be another. This. Yeah, it's going to be another forty-five minutes of us playing this game. Uh, there was this one saloon. Was it saloon something like high noon saloon? Okay. We played like a, it's like a five-player like free for all right in this saloon and big characters and I died like. Like right away, like in my second turn, yeah. like I got teamed up on and and died. They played for another almost hour. <laughs> oh my god! Going back and forth, and I'm just like, okay, so I got eliminated, and I gotta wait and watch these people for an hour play <laughs> play a game. That's terrible. Oh, Why that's would you design torture. something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I've never played that again. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I I know sometimes there's like well, like Bang uh, the dice game is also another one that's a good example of it does it reasonably well. It's over quickly, and even you are on a team, so you can kind of lobby for your team. But anything longer than that, and it's just kind of it's just frustrating. It's just really frustrating to be limited in in like if you're new to the game, especially. It's like oh, I guess I didn't know how to play as well as everyone else. Now I will watch you and maybe learn, but I probably don't want to play this again. Right. Um. So anyway, player elimination can be done well, and it has been done well. But this is definitely one when I see it, I'm kind of like, uh, depending on what this game is, I probably will pass yeah. if it's, it's a certain kind of a turn length. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So all right, what do we got next? Okay. So uh, my next one is uh, it's pretty general, but. For the most part, uh, I f- tend to dislike most auction games. Ah. Um, there are auction games that can get it right, like Biblios jumps to mind. Um, Yato has a- an auction mechanism. Um, 
auctioning as a little piece of your game is probably usually okay, depending on how it's done. Um, but the one thing I, I dislike typically about most auction games is until you've played it enough times, even enough times with the same people, uh, it's hard to get an idea of what kind of value certain things have or, or how other people value them. So I always go into these games going, well, I don't know, one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody else would be like, oh, seven. And you're like, oh, oh well, okay. well, ass. I don't know if it's worth seven. I don't even... I don't understand, and then you play a couple times, and then you start to understand, okay, three or four would have been the sweet spot there. I don't know what seven I'm thinking about over here, but um, I, why did I open up with one? Uh, but but even then, different people valued things differently, so you may be playing with a group that just really overbids to try and drive up the price, or you may be, may be playing with groups who just you know want to hold on to everything towards the end, and... Um, it just I I find it's it's too chaotic. It's too I don't want to say random, but just sort of like I feel lost on yeah. a lot of auction auction games. Straight up auction games. Um, Biblios does a a good job of um, you've already established your strategy and where you're kind of going based on the cards you already have before the auction phase starts. So it's not just like a blind, well, uh, I don't know if I could use that card or not. You know going in what you're going to be bidding on. Right, right. Uh, versus especially, because you know uh, at least a third or a fourth of what's in there, depending on player count. You already know a lot of what's in there. So so there may be cards that you're looking specifically to bid on when they come up so um it's much more structured and it does a much better job of sort of spoon feeding what you should be doing um but auctions in general uh if you say hey i have a new auction game um i'll probably pass fair enough yeah i uh i, I feel the same way there's this also one does feel like uh, there's some interesting auction ways to do auction in the last couple of years few years I think this is another one that they're. I think designers are taking another look at and doing some interesting stuff with. But overall, I'd agree, totally agree. It just feels like it can be done right. Yeah, it oh just for sure, isn't always. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely I think it's is like done wrong more often than I, not. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> it's like, um, all right, so my next one is uh, negotiation, and so this is another one that can definitely be done right. There's a uh, there's some great games that do negotiation or have it as an element, but I also feel like if this is a primary mechanism. I find it really frustrating, and half the time I will just be like, ah, fine, whatever. <laughs> I will look for ways to not negotiate and find a different path to success that limit the amount of negotiation that I have to do because there's nothing wrong with it here and there, but there's definitely going to be someone who, uh, and this is totally fine, this is well within the game rules and game uh, strategies, takes this hard line and just is like revels in the these hardcore negotiations like Catan's a good example you ever played with someone in Catan who's just like my goal in this game is to wreck the board by just uh, hoarding a resource and then making people pay me through the nose yes, yes. and that's fine that's a valid strategy but it's also uh, and that's for Catan that's that's rarely happens to that extreme and it's pretty well balanced the negotiation in that game compared to everything else it's more, more of an afterthought but certain games really want you to negotiate a lot and within a game i just find it like me my think me thinking to myself i find me thinking to myself hmm. in an irish voice <laughs> better you think to yourself than you think to someone else i guess yeah um <laughs> i've been trying to think to other people but so far no luck yeah. but uh i just find that i'm always thinking like why am i working so hard to do this like it just seems more effort in a lot of ways. And maybe this is just personal. Uh, in fact, it definitely is. But I find negotiation frustrating. And a lot of times it's incorporated in a game that makes it... It just takes away from the gameplay to me. It, it's a distraction. Now, there are examples of it being done very well. But for the most part, if I see it listed on a box or as a main structure of the game, I will be like, eh. eh. It'd have to be really other some other compelling elements for me to really want to check it out. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, negotiation has to be not only with the right group of people, yeah. because one one or two bad people... Very contingent uh, on that. Yes, can, can ruin a negotiation game. Uh, additionally, with uh, negotiation games can, can usually be a little bit easier to break. And right. you can also... Uh, 
run into a lot of issues where where a, a lot of board gamers, especially ones we play with, aren't always the most social bunch to begin with. Um, and and I can tend to be that way. And and I think that a lot of times too, you get a reputation a game group, and you know, and then no one will work with you on a game. And so it, I think it's it's kind of unfair to certain people and it also lends itself really lends itself to alpha gaming where yeah. somebody's like no this is what we're gonna do and i was like oh okay right I guess. yeah and and so yeah i i agree with you negotiation can work but it has to be it has to be in the right game with the right players for yeah. sure 100 percent. combination of mechanisms too one of the games that i really did love that had negotiation was good critters we've talked about this one before oh, yeah, absolutely i love that game that game was great but it adds a lot more to the negotiation than just dominating other players there's more variables to consider and so many paths of negotiation that i thought it was very exciting and, and did it quite well but even that can be broken. The last time oh, I sure, yeah. last time I played it with somebody, they just decided that uh, they were not going to give me anything ever. Right. And right. I was the only one, and they were giving everyone else a whole bunch of stuff. So they kept voting yes, and it just ended the game like with me with nothing, and and it just was like, well, why? I mean, I understand it's within the rules of the game, but like, a, I didn't enjoy it, and yeah. and b, like, I feel like it broke. The, the spirit of the game and so i again right people yeah right, yeah right game but but yeah it, it definitely when it works right it works great yeah yeah so all right so my next one is um it's a mechanism called player judge and this is games like um uh, Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples uh, or sure, sure. Uh, it's very prevalent in party games but can also be in, in other games where players do something and the current player decides which one's best. Right. Uh, or And they may not know like who did what but they still have to pick one and it's totally subjective. And uh, I... I don't really love that. Um, and, and maybe it's just uh, the structured guy in me. I'm just so used to playing, you know, Euro games and abstract games and games that actually have a pretty rigid rule structure. Right. This sort of just like totally subjective, eh, how about this one? <laughs> uh, well, I don't feel like I had enough agency to influence that. Uh, and, and I just, uh, I don't know, those kinds of games kind of had their their day and now when i see that and i'm just like eh, i'll i'll pass uh just yeah. seems like another you know um another clone of of cards against humanity so yeah. I, I don't love player judge i totally agree with that i feel like they are just sort of rehashes of the same thing there's no nothing new being done with this right now right. and it just feels like cool we've seen this this is just either a more shocking version of that or a much less shocking version of that, right. <laughs> and so it is just kind of the same. I I agree. I there there those games I enjoyed engaging with them. A lot of those games, but even then, I feel like they they get old so quick, and they just get they're long. A lot of them are longer than they need to be too. It just feels like you're playing this game forever, and if you're behind, well, you're never gonna catch up. So anyway, I'd agree with that one for sure. Uh, my next one is um, a mechanism that you see in actually a lot of racing games. So I've said some of these games that I do like, but the, this can frustrate me, and that is Catch the Leader or King of the Hill type games. So this is just a mechanism that I am always cautious with. There are some games that I really love. Racing games, of course, have this element to them, and some of the racing games that I play, I don't play a lot of racing games, but I actually like a fair amount or a few, I should say. A lot of them I don't, because I think they'd be one note. But why I don't like this is that it can easily be used in a very frustrating way. Like, one that comes to mind that we mentioned before is Munchkin. Yes. Munchkin is just frustrating. Munchkin, I feel like you build this fun engine and a little, uh, little setup for your character, and then if you're slightly ahead, well, of course, everyone's just going to pile on to you and then you're at the back of the pack and then someone else is front and then you'll pile onto that person and they're back of the pack and somebody's and it, accidentally gonna win or someone yeah exactly <laughs> someone's gonna win inadvertently or or you know you're all trying to win but it's sort of just like the sequence it almost seems, seems preordained 
it's sort of like a sequential thing. You're up, I'm up, you're up, I'm up, you're up, up I'm up. And then uh, however that plays out, it's like, uh, what's that game, uh, the kid game, uh, Catch a Tiger by the Toe? If you just count that out, you will can win every time, of course, because you know how many syllables or words are in that uh, game. So by the end of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, you can <laughs> plan it. I right. can win this game with my six-year-old. Every time. Every time. <laughs> and he has no idea how I'm doing it. So it just seems like almost a preordained sequence depending on player count and stuff like that. But um, I just uh, I just find that it's it's really easy to design this in a stymieing way. Uh, another game that does this really well that is similar to Munchkin is Cutthroat Caverns. That's another game that has some of that issue, but also, like Munchkin, everyone loves it because it's like, yeah, but you're kind of backstabbing each other and that's the fun. I get that. I totally get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But Cutthroat Caverns, I think, does it better in the fact that just it's just more dynamic of a structure of doing that and you're not doing it almost for the sake of, I don't know, just for the sake of like the joy of seeing them fall from the peak. I, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly. I just yeah. think it's better designed. This one goes go, goes kind of hand in hand with Take That, I think, in that uh, it lends itself very much to king making. Yeah. And that everyone is really has, if, if no one wants you to win, you're not going to win, like period. And, right. And they'll make sure it doesn't happen because they, it, they have the control over it and um so yeah it goes very hand in hand with take that and, well there's and also with you. have you ever played with like a couple and one of them is more like very maybe they're just under the game or they're more of a passive player person and they're mm-hmm. just feeding their yeah. even though they're it's, or it's not even necessarily couples yeah sometimes overtly but not even couples but maybe friends and one of them is more passive person and so they're just sort of like well i guess this benefits you and you're my bud it's like you have to let that go for this game. You yeah. are not friends in this yeah. game. You know, Their win does other. not reflect on you at all. No. In fact, this is your opportunity to take them out. And so I, I, I feel like these games are also very easily broken where some player is just going to, for the sake of, once again, like you're talking about good critters, outside forces or outside considerations going to manipulate the game and not play the game the way it's meant to play. be played. Right. So anyway, I just feel this is another way that a game that type that can be easily broken and when it's broken or not played, designed perfectly it's it's very frustrating all right um which one was that that was a four for me okay all right so four for me is uh programmed movement games that's funny i is that one (laughs) yours okay Uh, well we'll we'll go this yeah um i actually have three left so (laughs) all right cool. if you want to take if you want to take programmed movement i'm going to go on to a different one okay um and that is uh area control I, this is very broad, and there are plenty of area control games that I like, but I think area control is very prone to um, to being done poorly and being done consistently the same way. That whole yeah. risk mechanism of, okay, I have more than you do on here, so um, I'm going to wait, and of course... You're going to, you know, put more on there or try and fight me off. And then, of course, I'm going to reestablish my dominance. And right. um, it's just that back and forth and back and forth. It, it, that's not exciting for me. Sure. And uh, it when done that traditional way uh, of just straight up area control, uh, I, I think it's it's something that, that a lot of games just put in there because it's easy. Uh, they can't think of anything else to do to add that extra element and so consequently i think it's done very poorly a lot um it can be done in a better way like you talked about in the last episode with more of an area dominance or area influence um i also like uh mechanisms where uh multiple players can have varying degrees of control over an area um and so it doesn't lead to just this automatic, okay, you do this, I'm going to do this, you do this, I'm going to do this. And then the dice are going to pretty much, or cards or whatever, are going to decide who wins this. Um, and then we go back to doing it again on another space. That that just gets old for me. And, and unless it's done in a new, innovative, exciting way, um, if your game is 100%, you know, just I'm, I'm a stereotypical area control game, uh, I'm, I'm not going to bite. Yeah. No, I'd agree too. I feel like this is one that um, was an a older design style that you see in a lot of games. Like there's, uh, I'm just thinking like Tikal or countless other game, older games 
Uh, I like to call. I think to call does it really well. Yeah, actually. that is a good example. But it's it's a that type of uh, game was sort of a spin on that structure that was like really good and, and actually works well. But that you see that a lot in games of that era, um, uh, which isn't that long ago. But uh, I'd, I'd kind of agree with this that it's sort of falling flat for me lately too. Like there's a game that I really like, Eight Minute Empire, and I like it because it's quick. But I don't think I like it as much if it was faster. If the, you know, it's Eight Minute Empire feels like a sort of a race in area control, but then it's over very quickly, and uh, it's got its own timing system within it. But yep. it does feel like it's a little stale and and, and can be can feel really outdated in one note. All right, give, All me, right. Your, give me your program programming. I don't have a lot to say programming except I just don't like it that much. I've come to the realization it just doesn't do it for me. There's some there's some games. Um, Galaxy Trucker is fun. But I feel that that um, that there certain games do this in ways where there's so there's things that you can't expect, and it kind of feels like arbitrary. The arbitrary ability or quality within some of these games is so high that it feels like, what am I actually doing here? I'm, yeah. <laughs> is this just a thought experiment, or am I actually playing a game where I have um, some real strategy? And I think it, it just can be frustrating. And if it's not that, where there is arbitrariness and the excitement of that arbitrariness, then it's just really boring maneuvering through a room yeah. <laughs> for no reason. And you can also, it can lead to frustration if you uh, are programming to do something and then somebody else programs to do something that kind of interrupts your program. Yeah. A lot of games are just like, okay, you don't move that move then. And you're like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I should have foreseen that i i guess i i don't know maybe that's part of the game that people like i don't like it uh, i'm with you on the programmed movement uh proto t- there are still games that, that do a fine job and i will i will not automatically say no i won't play your program movement game but it's it's definitely not something i look for and um if i see it prominently featured i'll probably just take a pass yeah yeah i'm curious to see how programming is used more i I mean it's an it's a mechanism that i'd like to see incorporated in games in a small way because i think it's it is interesting but isn't but too many games just full on it's just programming and how it plays out it's like if you can incorporate that in a smaller way and then have it flesh out into a larger experience that actually sounds interesting to me but I, i totally agree with you okay all right well then my final one is uh i think this is one that you and i kind of probably disagree on um, and this is not because I dislike all of these games. Um, I feel like this has been so overdone that I don't feel like there is a way to make this exciting for me. And that is 1v1 fighting games. Oh, okay. Interesting. Where it's just, you have your shit on your side of the table. I have my shit on my side of the table and we're just playing things yeah. to try and kill the other player. Um, there are good ones, obviously, like um, Dice Masters and um, Magic the Gathering, I would certainly consider to sure. be along these lines. Um, but unless you're doing something really innovative, which I haven't seen in a long time, it, it, it almost all seems like it. all these games are just kind of a variation on Magic in some way or another. Sure, yeah. Um, the, the mechanisms, so many of them are the same. Um, it's, I, I think there are th- ways that it can be fun, but it's just tired to me. And, and if I'm looking through Kickstarter and I see, um, a one V one fighting game, I will, it's an auto pass for me. Right. Right. Um, it, somebody would have to come up to me and say, Hey, this is a really unique take on this. Let's sit down and play this because I'm, I'm really excited, um, to show you this. I would do it. But yeah. otherwise, I'm going to take a pass on 1v1 fighting games all the time. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. It does feel like it's a lot of times rehashing the same ground. I mean, I th- I think I own two of them, uh, Netrunner and uh, Dice Masters. Yeah, I own a bunch. That is, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I like them, but I definitely don't. It's not something I'm constantly reaching for. It, it just it does feel like I'd rather play a fuller game experience than that. Most of the time, a lot of sometimes I'm really in the mood for it, or my wife and I are really up for a game of a game like that, head to head competition. But, um, well, I guess there's a lot of two player games, but not specific fighting games. 
are just the two that I own. And there's a reason I only own two. I, I feel like I've done it. I don't need to, there's no yeah. new experience that I, that I found the ones that I enjoy and those are the only ones I really need. I don't need to find more because that, like you said, it's pretty much the same game um, re- repeated. You so. know what it might be? 1v1 fighting games are basically just continuous take that games. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess you could see I that mean, way, yeah. I mean, where it's just, hey, 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 back and <laughs> forth, take that. Only they seem to be much more well-balanced and yeah. hidden in the take that. But when you think about it, I guess they kind of are just take that games. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's pretty true. I mean, Just two-player, just back and forth. Take that hitting each, each other. other until somebody's like, "Up, oh, I'm out of stuff." Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's you know it's it's less than I guess because you're direct. You only have one person to take that. But you're, I'd say you're right. I mean, it is pretty much a take that. No, you take that. No, you take, take that. that. Take this. <laughs> We're gonna invent the new a new game. Take this. Uh, take this game. <laughs> take these. It's different it's than always take that. Plural. Yes. Take take these is just constant barrage of of combos. Take all these. <laughs> or take some of these, but not those. <laughs> Skip two turns, lose a life, and I take three cards. And five victory points. What? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> what is this game? Yes. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'll take these. Coming soon. <laughs> to not any to store nowhere. near you or ever. Anywhere. All right. All right, guys. Well, that does it for our uh, cranky, uh, our cranky lists of mechanisms that we don't like, or mechanisms that kind of turn us away from certain games. That if we see them being listed prominently or included, it'll probably we'll probably have to read more to want yeah. to uh, to take the game to the table. I'd like or to know yours. It. I like uh, listeners. I'm not talking to Cass. <laughs> you're looking I'd, right at yeah, me. I'd I'd like to know. I'd like to know. And you're pointing from, at me. I'd like you to know yours. Yes, not <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just not you. The one, but the guy behind you. Um, I want to know, like, what what do you look for? And when you see in a description in a game, you just immediately it's a no go for you. You're just like, all right, pass. Um, that I'm always always excited to hear that because uh, mechanisms exist for a reason. Because yeah. for every one, for every mechanism on my I can't stand it list, it's on somebody's favorite of yeah. all time list. So. Yeah, it's it is really interesting. We'd love to hear your guys your response to uh, both of these lists, net positive and negative, because it's interesting too. As as people who introduce a lot of games to new players, it's fun. It's funny to see someone where you take out a game and either their light, eyes light up or they get a little dead inside for a second, like oh, I don't like these games, and then you yeah. and then you progress. So it's it. Everyone's tastes are very different, and it's fascinating to see why people like or do not like a specific mechanism. So, how do they reach out to us if they want to tell us all about their their interests? Uh, they can uh, reach out on Twitter or Instagram at Roasted Games One. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook. Just look for Roasted Games. Uh, Roasted Games Co at gmail dot com. Uh, check out our website at Roasted dot Games or our uh, podcast network site, which is ease dash drop dot com. And just find the Roasted Games page. There's also a feedback button there, so you can uh, tell us tell us what you think. So many uh, ways. So, so many ways to find so us. So many ways. So <laughs> many ways. All right, guys. So, well, well before we go, oh. I want to say you look fantastic oh, today. Thanks. Oh, man. I came not armed with anything. <laughs> okay. So well, a random compliment yep, day no, did only work the once. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll bring it back. It's coming back. It's coming back for sure. You know why? Because it was a great idea, Bill. It was oh, your idea. Thanks. It was Boom. my idea. Yeah. Came well, out of nowhere. So, sort of my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was your accidental I'm going to totally, totally take credit for that, Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks well, for listening. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, I think next week we're going to do our big Ragusa rehash, right? I think so. Yeah. That's, so that's we mentioned it on target. week before. Couldn't fit it in this week, but we are planning to do it for you guys next week. We're both really excited about that. So hopefully you guys can check that out. And until then... Have a great holiday, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye.